Hey, good to be with you guys tonight. Hey, I'm Pastor Carl. If you don't know me, I'm the pastor here at Anchor Church. We're blessed to have you tonight. We got another service following this tomorrow night, a bunch of stuff. It's Easter. We got to celebrate big. Uh, let me just start with this because I don't have a whole lot of time. Tonight, we're talking about what happened on Friday, and it's heavy, and it's big, and it wasn't good at the time when it happened, but the ramification and the results are incredibly good for us in our lives eternally. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to talk about that, and um, I was just praying on what, what, what do you want me to say, God? What's the, you know, we retake the, the cross and the great, you can never say enough, but there's so many different directions you can go. The reckless love that put him on the cross, there's, there's just so many different things that, that speak to us. And I was thinking of this. I, um, I tried to go up and visit a friend. I, I may have explained this in church the other week. Long story short, one of my friends that I knew from when I was a young Christian back in like junior high and high school days, he was like my youth pastor at the time, Blaine Sato, sumo. He was living up in um, California, and he recently passed away of colon cancer. And so I went and tried to visit him. I didn't make it in time. He went to heaven before I got there. But um, I was just thinking about him, thinking about this. All of the different leaders in my life that affected my life and pointed me towards Jesus so strongly at that particular season in my life. I don't know who it was in your life, but think of the people that had an impact on you knowing Jesus and what that's all about. And I was thinking about all the names and the faces, and there's leaders, and there's some were actual pastors, and some were just leaders in my life, but how many of them, sadly, all of these years later, how old am I? 47, and this is way back when I was like 14 or something like that, but how many of those people are not still walking with Jesus? And maybe they just kind of grown cold or they kind of like burned out a little bit or they got distracted and they're, they're, they're living their lives, but they know that, I hope they know, like I want them to know the, the, the significance of what they could be, what they used to be living in. And there's still a chance, but how many of them now like are, are not what they once were and don't have the walk with God that they once had? And yet how my friend Sumo on his, on his deathbed in the few years he had as he was bite, fighting cancer he lived his, his life well. He finished well. In other words, he knew what was coming. He saw it, but he kept the pace all throughout his life. He kept loving other people. He kept doing his best, using his gifts of who he was, his personality, his experience. He lived for Jesus boldly. I went up to Huntington Beach to try to visit him, and I went up anyway when I missed him. But I walked into a surf shop. There's pictures of Sumo everywhere. He was like really well-known in the surf community. And I asked the guy in there, hey, did you know my friend Sumo? I'm here to kind of visit with the family and whatnot. And he said, Oh, yeah, everybody knew Sumo. He goes, he's the only guy. You walk around Orange County, Huntington Beach, and he goes, a lot of people will say the name Jesus Christ, and when they do, they get mocked, they get teased, they get scoffed at. It's, it's not really, uh, really a well-likable word or something to say Jesus, but not Sumo. He says whenever Sumo would walk around, he would say it, and he would say it all the time. He would talk about Jesus all the time, and nobody said anything to him. That could be because he was like 300 pounds and big, but... The other thing is because he was so genuine and so bold and it was just on him. Let me tell you this, guys. He finished well. And tonight what I want to talk to you about is this is what God gave me as I was thinking about good, the Good Friday message. Is Good Friday, if you're taking any notes or in mental notes or whatever, Good Friday reminds us, you and me, to finish strong. Because the story of Jesus wasn't just, oh, he came to earth and he died at the cross. It wasn't just, just at the end. It's the fact that he lived his whole life strong. It was a consistent life, and this is what we're after today. I want to read to you this, this part of the, the, the story of the ending of Jesus' life in John 19. It says this. It says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. Okay, we're going to stick with that word tonight, finish strong. He knew his mission was now finished, and to fulfill scripture, he said, 
I'm thirsty, and a jar of sour wine was sitting there. He's on the cross. And so they soaked a sponge in the sour wine. They put it on a hyssop branch. They held it up to his lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, final words, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. There's this word, this Greek word, it's pronounced tetelestai, tetelestai, which literally is an accounting word. It's in the Greek, which this word finish, this is what it means. It means it, the debt is paid in full. It means everything's taken care of. It means that Jesus, when he says it is finished, it had a lot of different meanings, but it means I came to do the work that the Father assigned me, and I've done that work. It's the end, it's finished, my account is paid in full, I don't have to suffer anymore, this is the end to all of that, this is me showing the full extent of my love on planet earth, and Jesus said, man, it is finished, and he finished well for us. But this is what I want to point out to you guys tonight, this is really interesting, is Jesus didn't just finish well, Jesus didn't just finish strong, he actually started strong. If you go back to the beginning and you read in the, the early Gospels and it says, Jesus started strong. Well, how did he start strong with God and with his love for us and on his mission? Well, if you know that he's, he's probably the only guy that was born without the dad involved, right? The virgin birth. Like, that's pretty incredible in itself. Like, oh, he started strong. No one had done that before. He came out of Mary. The whole reference, we know the Christmas story with the star that led everybody to where he was at, the shepherds, the angels the magi that traveled from distant Parthia or from wherever they were from all the way to find this newborn king of the Jews. It was miraculous. Eight days old when he gets uh, dedicated at the temple. There's a a prophet there named Simeon and another uh, woman there, a prophetess named Anna, and both of them speak incredible prophecies over this newborn baby. So Jesus, when he started life, when he came into this world, he started strong with a bang. Everybody's like, there's something about this kid. Something uh, incredible is happening. Then we read a few years later in the story, still kind of the start of his life. He's 12 years old. His parents lose him. They don't know where he's at. You guys know the story. You can go read it. But where do they find their son, Jesus? He's in the temple, and he's teaching and asking questions with all of the, the scholars and the religious leaders that know everything about God, and they're amazed at his insight and his wisdom. And Mary's going, where were you, son? You know, get back here. You got lost. You ran away. And he goes, hey, lady, didn't you realize I would be in my father's house? And they're just like, what is with this kid? Like something is on him, but he started strong in his life. Now listen to this. Jesus was also very strong in the middle. Now we don't read a whole lot from 12 years old until 18 years later when he's 30 years old and he started his ministry. But the Bible says this, is that he grew in favor and wisdom with the Lord and with people that his middle was strong. He started off 12 12 years old, he's teaching, but as he grew in the hometown, everybody knew, man, something about this kid. He's strong, we all like him, there's favor that's resting on him, he has wisdom beyond his years, and he grew strong. We pick up the story 18 years later when he's 30 years old, he started his public ministry. Well, how did he use his life then? Doing the work that the Father gave him. Uh, Teaching about the crazy insights or the kingdom of God, and breaking it down into simple terminology so people could get it, and they're just blowing their minds. Oh my gosh, he's teaching us the truth of God and the mysteries of heaven. What is all this about? That he did miracles everywhere proving, look, I am the son of God. I'm gonna prove it to you right now. He healed the, the sick, he healed the blind. He raised the dead. He delivered demons, demonic spirits out of people and they were at peace and they were set free and they found new new life in him. He did all of this incredible stuff, healing, loving his followers, discipling all of his his young followers along the way and, and showing them how to live for him. 
in spite of all the critics. Anybody got critics in the room right here? Anybody you got like one or two people or maybe a lot in your life that you're just like, ugh. Jesus dealt with that and he kept going strong. He, he lived this strong life in the middle. But here's what I want to get at tonight is all the way up to the cross is that Jesus finished strong. The call for us tonight is how are we doing in our lives? How are we going to finish? Because here's how Jesus finished. Because listen, how Jesus finished mattered more than how he started and how the middle of his life was. Because if he would have not finished well, then all the rest of that would have been useless, would have been worthless. If he didn't go to the cross, if he didn't go all the way through, it would have been, oh, this guy's really cool. He's fancy. He does all these tricks. All that. Oh, it's over. But here's Jesus. And he went all the way through with it. This is what matters most, that he obeyed his father in everything that he loved us immeasurably, that he went all the way to leaving planet Earth, death, and we're going to get to the resurrection on Sunday, but the full life he lived, he went all the way. Here's what we know about Jesus. Just the last few hours of Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, the Thursday night, right? When you're thinking this, if you're Jesus, I know what's about to happen. I know that tonight's the night that I'm going to be arrested I'm going to be betrayed by one of my friends, my closest 12 guys that I know. One of them is going to betray me. They're going to come. They're going to arrest me. They're going to put me to trial for nothing that I did wrong. They're going to crucify me, and I'm going to be murdered tonight. And you know what Jesus did on this Thursday night? He went out to dinner with his friends. He went out to dinner with his friends, listen to this, who a few hours later, he knew already, were going to desert him, and they were going to betray him. He says, you know what, listen, if this is me right now, I don't think I would have finished well. Knowing that I did all of that teaching, I loved these guys for three years of my life, I gave myself to them, and this is almost time to go. Look, I just want to go grab a burger alone and be by myself. I don't need you guys because I know what you're going about to do with me, right? And here's Jesus going, no, I'm going to meet with these guys. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to hang out. And so he comes and he has dinner with his friends. Peter's in the room. He says, hey, Peter, you guys need to stay strong. Peter goes, I'll never deny you, Lord. He goes, ah, actually, three times before tomorrow morning, you're going to deny that you even know me, right? And yet, he still ate dinner with Peter. And then he talked about, hey, one of you is going to betray me. And we're like, who is it not? Is it me? Is it who? And he goes, it's the one right now that's sitting next to me, dipping my bread in the sauce. Jesus continued to eat dinner with the guy that he knew was about to go and betray him. This is heavy. This is Jesus finishing well. You know what he does next for these people that are all about to betray him? He washes their feet. This is finishing strong. He washes their feet. He encourages them to be strong. He's going to leave them. He's the one that's about to be crucified. He encourages them to be strong. And then he tells them, he commands them, here's my command I give to you, love one another the same way that I've loved you. Like he's, he's teaching them and loving them during this time. He told, he told them and he taught them how to remember him in communion. You don't, may not get it, right, what's going on right now with the bread and the wine, but in a few hours from now, you're going to know what this is all about. He's teaching them lessons while he's, he's about to be crucified. It's crazy. Then they get to the garden, the garden of, of Gethsemane, right? Or he's, he's praying. He's praying one thing. God, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, is there, if there's any way that I'm, I don't have to suffer. Now, you guys got to catch this is that his physical part and emotions are thinking, this is going to be terrible. This is going to hurt worse than anything. If there's any way, Father, that I don't have to go through this, could you make that possible? But how does he end it each time he prays? But not my will, yours be done. 
he finishes strong, guys. He really wishes he didn't have to go through that, but he obeys God knowing he'll suffer. In the garden, who shows up? Judas. Judas, his betrayer that sold him out, 30 pieces of silver, right? Shows up. What kind of words do you think that, that you would call someone that just did that to you? There's a lot of words that I can think of, four-letter words, a lot of bad words that I would call a guy that just betrayed me, sold me out, supposed to be my friend. Here's what Jesus calls him, friend. Friend, do what you've come to do. Greets him with a kiss. This is Jesus finishing well. He heals a man in the garden that night who came to arrest him for no reason. Peter chops off Malchus, the high priest's servant, chops his ear off. The guy's here to arrest Jesus for nothing. Jesus didn't break any laws. Jesus goes, yeah, you're my enemy, but you know what? Let me just heal you right there. This is Jesus, man. This is Jesus lived his whole life right. Then we get to the cross, the scene on the cross. This is, this is Friday. It's already daytime. He holds back his incredible power, and he allows himself to be tortured and killed. He who know he could have called down angels from heaven. He could have done anything to wipe out everyone on planet Earth. He allows himself to go to the cross to be tortured and killed. Listen to this. While he's on the cross and they're murdering him, what does he tell his dad? What does he tell his father? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's calling down forgiveness from his father for the people that are just brutalizing him right now. They're actually putting him on that cross. Listen to this. He makes sure while he's suffering in agony, dying on the cross, he makes sure that his mom would still have a son. He says to John, his disciple, the one he loved, he goes, from now on, that's your mother. And mother, from now on, that's your son. He's looking out for other people as he's hanging on the cross. This, is, this blows my mind. The last thing he does, which I think is so cool, is he lets a criminal join him in paradise that day. A guy said, I believe in who you are. Would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus, as a last act, instead of going, I don't have time for you, I'm dying, this hurts, don't even talk to me, Jesus goes, today you're gonna be with me in paradise. You, do you get how well Jesus finished? Like, he ran the whole race. John 13, one says this, I love this. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Jesus finished strong for his followers. He finished strong for me. He finished strong for you. Like this is heavy that he went all the way through with all of this because he knew that when he finished strong, it was gonna do something big in the heavenlies in eternity. It was gonna defeat sin completely in our lives, give us a chance to actually know the Father, to come into relationship with him, to have our sins forgiven and to eternally now be in this relationship. We just talked about it in the Heaven and Hell series. We now get to go to heaven forever and ever. We get to have the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives because Jesus finished strong. Now here's, how does this relate to us? It's how are you doing in your life with him? I, I look at that cross and I go, man, Jesus, he started well, finished, middle was strong. He ended strong. How was your start? Just ask yourself, this: how was your start with God maybe early in life? Some of you guys are like, I grew up a Christian. It was pretty good. A Christian home. I went to, to Christian school, whatever. You're like, you've been a Christian. You knew him a long time. You started really strong. Some of us in here tonight are like, no, nah, I didn't know God at all. I had no walk with him in the early. I didn't start strong with him. Well, how's your middle going? How's life right now, the middle years that you're, you're going through with God? Maybe you're stronger than ever. Maybe you're someone that's like, 
Pastor Carl, I took every connect. Uh, I took the growth track, one, two, three, and four. Like, I'm in a connect group. I'm on the dream team. I got my stuff. Like, I read my Bible. All the, you're, like, stoked. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm really strong right now. God is good in my life. Well, there's just a little warning there in this middle to be careful. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. It's just a good reminder that even though we think we're doing good and you're thinking tonight, this message isn't for me. It's for the guy sitting next to me. Well, the reality might just be, that God's going to be, be careful because I'm getting to something here. Maybe you're in the middle years of your life right now and your faith is weak. You don't really go to church. You're not really tight with God. You're not living the way you should. You started strong, but now something's going on and you're, you don't know where you're at. You're in limbo right now. You feel like giving up. You feel like God doesn't notice you. Or maybe you feel just overwhelmed trying to live the Christian life with him. It's not going so strong. You know, Jesus probably felt that way. Unattractive, unnoticed, unworthy. But basically what he decided to do was to keep living for God. He realized that God saw him. My, my son was in the Kamehameha School Song Contest a couple weeks ago, right? My daughter graduated from the school too. We do this song contest every year. And you go to Blaisdell and you just see, uh, you see your kids come in. You're looking for your kids. You're out in the audience. And all you see is just white. Like all these kids. Like everybody's dressed in their finest. And they got their class colors and everything. But you just see kids everywhere. And you're like, where's my kid? And these kids are just like, they got to be feeling like, does mom even know I'm here? Like, can I even see? Just drowning in a sea of all of these people. And yet, you know what I bring? Binoculars. Because I want to find my kids, right? And so my deal is, like, they may feel like they're just blending in and no one knows them and you can't hear any particular voice because there's, like, hundreds of them singing at one time. And yet, you know what dad's doing? Dad's looking through binoculars. Mom's looking at binoculars. We know exactly where our kids are. Here's what you got to know. If the middle years of your life right now, you're feeling like God doesn't notice, no one knows, God has binoculars on you. Like, you need to know like every one of you. God knows where you are. He sees you. Don't give up because what matters most isn't even the middle years. It wasn't even how you started. What matters most for us tonight to remember on Good Friday is how well are we going to finish for him? Think of how he finished for us and the life he lived, the suffering and what he did at that cross. How am I going to finish my life for him? Because life is short and, and we don't know how many years we're given. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I want to finish well. Don't you want to finish well? Don't you want to finish strong? Because knowing what Jesus did for you, don't you want to please him? The Apostle Paul said this. He tells us how to do that. Philippians 3.13, he says, hey, dear brothers and sisters, I'm not there yet. I haven't achieved it, but this is what I'm focusing on, this one thing I focus on. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I just press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. See, Good Friday is about that, guys. Good Friday on the cross reminds us to finish strong. And it does a whole lot, and it says a whole lot about his reckless love for us, but it calls us to action too because this is a two-way relationship, right? And it calls me to live for him. Don't give up. Don't give in. Finish the race. Whatever that looks like in your life, whatever commitments you need to make on this Good Friday that say, man, I'm gonna finish strong. My middle's a little bit bumpy right now, but I wanna make a commitment. Tonight we're taking communion in a couple minutes. Communion is given by Jesus that we would remember what he did for us. And as we're remembering that tonight and remembering that Jesus finished strong for us, that you and I, I'm hoping, would recommit in your heart, in your life, maybe some habits that you have, some, you're, not, you're not close enough to God. Maybe you're distracted by people or influences or temptations or whatever, that you would double down your commitment and say, God, you know what? 
I remember what you did for me, and I'm telling you here tonight, I'm going to finish strong for you. So before we take communion, I'm going to say a prayer right now, and I'm going to close us out. But there's an important prayer that we maybe need to pray first, and that's for some of us to make the first start. The first start is that, yes, Jesus, I'm going to choose to follow you. That's not just some story about a guy on a cross and whatever. I believe it is the truth that you are the son of God. You're who you said you are, and I want all that you have to give me. So we're going to bow our heads, and we're going to pray right now, and I'm just going to and maybe invite some people to pray with me here tonight. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord, tonight we come on Good Friday, and we come here to worship you and to honor you and to remember you more than anything, the power of your cross, that you took the hit so we don't have to, that you paid off the price, paid in full, debt paid in full so that we don't have to pay for our sin and our wrongdoing and just the fact that we want to live our lives away from you. Lord, if we say yes to you and we believe in who you are, Lord, you give us a way out of where we're headed, which the Bible says is heavy, it's hell. And none of us deserve heaven unless we know you, unless we commit to you and we live our lives for you, then you've paid that price off for us. And so I want to give an opportunity tonight before we remember what you did in communion. A lot of us know you in here already and it's a special time for us. But for some of us, this is your chance to start strong. This is your chance to say tonight, you get it, you believe in what's, what's the big deal about the cross and what's the big deal about Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, that you're, you're open to what God has for you. And if you'd like to say a prayer with me, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you may be interested in this, it may be for you tonight, just to say, God, I want to start strong. I want my life to be strong, and I want to finish strong for you. But I want to give you control of who I am and I want you to change me. I believe in you, and from here on out, I'm going to walk it. And if that's something you'd like to do with every eye closed and head bowed, and if you'd like to say a prayer with me real quick, and I'll pray it out loud, and I won't make you pray it out loud with me. I want you to agree on it in your heart because that's what God sees. He judges you on what's going on in your heart. And I don't want you just to say the words if they don't mean anything. I want you to mean it from your heart right now. I'll pray it out loud, and you just join with me in prayer. After service, you can go and tell someone with your own mouth, hey, I prayed that prayer. Come clean on that. Own up to that. God likes it when you speak for him. But right now, let's make it a hard issue. If you want to take the very first step in seeing the incredible life that God has in store for you, here on earth right now and in eternity to come, and you'd like to say this prayer with me right now to become a Christian, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If you want to pray this with me, would you just let me know that you want to pray this with me right now? No one looking, just me here. Would you just raise your hand? Say, Pastor Carl, I want to pray that prayer right now. Is there anybody in the room? I see one hand right over here. Praise God, I see you right there, ma'am. Unreal. Anybody else? I see another hand over there. I'm looking around. Just wave at me. I just want to know if I'm connecting with anybody. just want to make sure that I see all those hands. Good. I saw a couple hands going up. If that was you that raised your hand, I want you just to make this the prayer of your heart as I pray it out loud. Lord, I'm coming before you right now, and I'm just saying yes to all that you have for me. I believe in who you are, Father God. I've maybe kind of known about you, maybe just hearing about you for the first time, but Lord, I recognize that I need you. And so right now, God, I'm just saying that from here on out, I give you my life and I choose to follow you. I believe that Jesus really was the son of God who came in the form of a human, taught us how to have relationship with you and then paid the price for our sin and our separation from you, Father God, by going to that cross and rising again from the dead on that Sunday. So Lord, I believe that you paid and made a way for me to have relationship for all of eternity with the Father in heaven that loves me, with the Son Jesus that would go to the cross, and with the power of the Holy Spirit that's gonna change my life and begin to do new things in me. 
So Lord, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, all that you have available for me, my answer is yes, I will follow you from this day forward. As I read my Bible, as I go to church, as I, as I just begin to talk to you in prayer and you begin to do things in my life that I can't do on my own. Lord, as I get water baptized as a symbol to tell the world that I'm born again in you. Lord, everything that you have available for me from the bottom of my heart, the answer right now is yes, I will follow you. Thank you for being my God. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Can we just praise God together for the people that, that pray that? That's really good. That's cool. Hey, how cool is that to say that on Good Friday services 2018, you met Jesus and you gave your heart to him and you started a new eternal life with him. That's cool, isn't that? That's amazing.